Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity, and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We are so glad you are listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, go to www.theculture-ministry.com for more information. When the corporate world no longer interested her, returning guest Devon Pederica jumped into entrepreneurship full-time. She left behind what she knew to focus on something she deeply cared about, helping diversity and inclusion human resource and healthcare professionals find the right roles in companies. This then led to the creation of Devon Michelle Recruiting. Devon Pederica's story goes beyond just business. It's about understanding, empathy, and empowerment. This episode dives into topics like the challenges that the black community faces due to racial systems and the patience it takes to educate those who might not be aware, along with setting boundaries to look after mental well-being, overcoming fear and anxiety to take control, and the mental toll of diversity and inclusion roles. Here's Devon with your host, Lisa Mulligan. Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity. This week I have a repeat guest who I am super excited about because when she came on my podcast uh, last year, I think, um, she was such an energy and such a joy and so it's so great to have her back. Welcome, Devon Pederica. Hey, what it do, boo? I'm going to be my authentic <laughs> self today because I only represent me and my brand and it feels and that's good that's all to be we authentic. want, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. That's all we want. So Devon and I work together and she is based in Naples, Florida, which is a beautiful part of the world, also a bit of a challenging part of the world politically, but we're not here to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for the day that I get to sit down with our governor and be like, can you help me understand? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Can you understand that? Yeah. Yeah. Because you've done some crazy things, dude. Really. I, I got, yeah, I got a lot to talk to him about. (laughs) and I literally am genuine because we frequent some of the same places that I go and I'm like wait for the day that he walks in so I'm like hey how you doing let's talk about it (laughs) he should be afraid he should be afraid (laughs) um but I invited Devin back to the podcast because last time when she was on we talked about working in diversity and inclusion within organizations which is pretty challenging. Um, But since then, both of us have left the corporate world and have started our own business. And I just wanted to talk to her about all things, you know, how did she decide where to focus her work, how it's going so far, how it's feeling. So um, it's really, you know, this is a selfish episode. It's for me. So. So how long have you been running your business, Devin? How long have you been out of the corporate world? Well, I've been out of the corporate world. Actually, it's been about three to four weeks now. Um, I actually did do um, some consulting and a little bit of recruiting on the side um, under a business, DP Square, but I closed that out because it was, you know, when I was in Kentucky and I just wanted to start fresh. So I started Devin Michelle Recruiting. Um, So um, I started in May and kind of getting the foundational things in place, you know, all the things 
it's great doing a business, but then you got to do the documentation and stuff with the government and all that fun stuff. So, <laughs> so I've been, you know, trying to get everything in place to make sure I'm compliant. But Devin Michelle recruiting focuses on recruiting only for DNI professionals, HR professionals, and healthcare professionals. And I know the healthcare professional seems like a little whammy in the whole situation, <laughs> but I have a personal experience with the disparity of healthcare. Um, and I'm not trying to get mushy today, but if you want to have me on for another episode for me to tell you the story, um, but I lost a son, long story short, and I saw the treatment of me different in that process mm-hmm. versus my white counterparts. And it was mostly white nurses. But when I um, worked in the healthcare field before in the DNI space, I realized that there's a huge disparity for all races out there. And a lot of time when you go for a provider, they go to the cookie cutter solution of what's in their textbook, but there's some things that you might need to address culturally. There are some things that culturally DNA genetics things happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a big um, advocate. Like my son was diagnosed with, um, well, not diagnosed. He's an active puberty and he needed to see an endocrinologist. Uh, And the doctor wanted to pump him through her hormones. And I'm like, "Ah, let's find a person of color because I don't think you know what you're talking about. He's eight. He was seven at the time. And I found a person called them. like, and then they stopped and took a beat to explain to me, you know what, Devin, there's two phases of puberty. He's not in the puberty phase that we need to be concerned about to put hormones in him. We're going to monitor it, have him come back every six months. And that's what I want. Someone that is not doable about and want to dive deeper than the surface to take care of me and my family. So that's why the healthcare provider is on theirs as well. Yeah, I love that. And you've got experience working with healthcare people as well so that makes sense I do it I do I I and actually back in the day before I went hardcore into human resources I actually used to be a clinical research assistant um, for the cardiologist department at the University of Kentucky and I've worked for Frontier Nursing University and just all these great places where I got to experience relationships and and interactions and learn a lot from medical providers yeah so it's such a great fit for you and I'm so excited for you I wanted to ask you, um, when I finished in my corporate job, it was like this weight had lifted off my shoulders and I didn't (sighs) realise how much I was looking forward to doing something for myself. So tell me about that for you. So I experienced the same thing, and it's, but it was multi-level. Like when I stepped away from the role, and one thing I will say is research supports that when it comes to DNI professionals, we only hang in a role for like three and a half years because of the mental health, the yeah. stress, and all the things that come with it. I've never heard about mental health being so strong until recently in age because you're trying to do a culture shift. Well, culture shift actually requires behavior change. So anytime it you does. come to an organization <laughs> and do that, it takes time, right? And so people say they may want to do DNI, but they may not know how. They may not know what's required. They might not understand the concepts of what you're recommending for best practices. So it's just a little frustrating. It's like you're beating your head against the wall. Because I've worked for the funny thing is I realized, you know, as I've been really when I was assessing, like, do I really want to focus on my own business? I realized that in the DNI space, I've been working in it for like 20 plus years as well as HR because. When yes. I worked in nonprofits, I worked in for disparity in, you know, children's education and all these things with the Center for Family and Community Services. And like, I'm like, I've been doing, no wonder I have such a strong passion here, right? But to answer your question, like, um, holistically, I felt like a 10,000 um, pound weight has lifted. I have so much peace. Um, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily even about uh, the employer I was with. It's more of 
being able to control the narrative of my life and what I will allow to come into my peace and my inner, my inner world, because, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in work and just trying to do a good job and trying to figure it out that we forget about us. And I'm like, I have kids. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to, you know, and so I've been working since the age of 12, you know, I would do summer (laughs) jobs until I could do full time. And that's kind of what's a pivotal moment for me of like, that's tired, boss. <laughs> I don't want to do right. <laughs> I also think, you know, you were saying you've been doing DNI for your whole life, essentially, and you know, as a black woman in the US, you you're not just doing it in employed work; you're doing it out in the world when you're experiencing, you know, discrimination and, um, yeah. And, you know, even, uh, Devin, you always, you send me little TikToks or videos or things that <laughs> illustrate the challenge of black people in the US usually, um, which I appreciate so much. It's so helpful. And so you're doing that there as well. When we're sharing stuff, you're, you're helping educate me. So of course you're tired. <laughs> I mean, and it's, and you don't even realize how much pressure and weight that it's like you are now the educator in all of the things. Mm. In the space, like I even had someone um, drop into my LinkedIn and it's no shade by any means. And it was during Juneteenth. And she was like, hey, Devin, she knew I worked in the DNI space. What do you think about this? We want to do this um, represent Juneteenth um, at our at our it was a church service that they were doing honoring it. And I looked at the image that I would not absolutely not. Thank you for asking. And then so I was about to like try to build her because in me, I just naturally like to support people like, oh, let me do it for you. And I'm like, I don't have the capacity. So I just grab like images that she can like glean from. But I'm like, baby, that one's going to make your whole church fall apart if you go with that image. Because, (laughs) again, I think people want to do the work right, but they just don't know how sometimes, you know. And and, but I'm thankful for the people that ask the right questions. But being a black woman in the corporate world, dealing with discrimination and, and isolation and all the things that come with the, the race and being a woman or my ethnic group, it's exhausting. Like mm-hmm. my son's, you know, diagnosed with autism. I'm advocating for him at a school, you know, and all these things. And my daughter has her unique. So I'm constantly in advocating mode. And I'm like, I, I just need a whole nap. <laughs> I yeah. just want a nap, Jesus. <laughs> I know. But you have always been so kind to me and had so much grace with me when we work together because I wouldn't understand an issue and I'd be like, Devin, can you explain to me why or how this impacts the black community? And I think one of them was around, you know, trying to work out whether, you know, what were the rules if you hadn't been vaccinated against COVID? That was one of the ones. And and I was like, Devin, tell me about why black people wouldn't want to be vaccinated. And, and of course, that meant we could potentially discriminate with them. And, you know, you have such grace when um, a white person comes along who doesn't know, you know, you will. You know, yeah, I think- especially if I like you in real life. I don't like everybody in real life. But if I see someone right. genuinely want to be educated <laughs> and is generally someone that I care about, I want to be able to be that person for you because I don't want you going yeah. out in the world being crazy because I care about you. That's like having you walk out with a book in your nose and me not tell you. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> oh, goodness. But people don't usually take the time to try to get understanding. I never I never forget. I was talking to an individual and I was they asked the question. Um, 
so it was after George Floyd, about a year into, and all of a sudden, DNI wasn't cool. And the person framed the question and said, well, in the U.S., is it still a big concern over there with racial issues? Because I was like, yo, George <laughs> Floyd was just documented because we have social media. We've been lynched and dragged from times for decades and decades. So it's and, and, and that's the other big piece is that, yes, these some of these things happen in the U.S. and it happens with the, the casting system and other, you know, um, countries and things like that. But. Mm-hmm. When you're not associated with another country or another thing, you need to be open for understanding and not just assume that the way you move in your country is the way that things are moving here. And so it's just one of them things that, and I think that infuriated me so bad when that person asked me that question, because I'm like, oh my God, the ignorance that is out here, Jesus. And, and it was like that person that I was speaking to did not comprehend that I was like, I wanted to literally punch her in the because it was just yeah. like, you assume it's okay. We just have it documented now. That's the only difference. Look at, um, is it um, Teal? Because he um, whistled or something at a white woman ba- back in the day. And they literally murdered this little boy. Because they, you know, he was trying to flirt with a white woman that was married. And then she lied about the circumstances. This has been going on for generations. My mm-hmm. mom's decade generation, my grandmother's generation, and further on. So I'm like, when are we going to get our life together? Yeah. Starting a business was something I always wanted to do. I had had various experiences throughout my career, which just reinforced that I didn't want to be at the whim of decision making Mm -hmm. in large businesses. And I wanted my destiny. I wanted control over my destiny um, and a much bigger influence over my destiny. But sometimes working out what is the thing that you want to do in the world that makes your heart sing, uh, that gives you purpose, and that will also pay the bills? So <laughs> that part, <laughs> I'm a ball on a budget. <laughs> yes, you must get paid. <laughs> so, how did you come to going? Um, Devon Michelle recruitment is it, and this is what I want to put out into the world. Well, I've always kind of had my side gigs, whether I was teaching dance um, on the side, private lessons and things like that. Um, the entrepreneurship like thing kind of runs deep in the blood of my my family. But every time I would kind of get to that finish line, I would be paralyzed by fear. And, you know, DP Square, when I had that, it was some par- uh, partnership me and my daughter had. I would only trust it enough to do it part time, you know, because yeah. I was like, I didn't have confidence in myself. Like I can support anybody so the wheels fall off. But when it comes to me being the front face and it, it, this is all my responsibility, I would get fearful. And I realized I'm currently 44 and I was like, I want to bet on me. What is the worst could happen? You know, worst case scenario, I know when the mortgage is due, like I paid my, you know, I, I, I planned for this moment. So I played paid bills up. Worst can happen. I'm going to be a public to make sure my mortgage is paid, but I'm still going to be pushing the recruiting. <laughs> And I'm joking, things are great, but it was just, I had to get myself in the mindset, Devin, it's time to bet on you. And this is a space that just is really passionate to me because I've worked in HR for so long. I love the DNI space. And then the story that I told you regarding the healthcare piece. And in each of those, like, I don't feel like I have the fortitude anymore to do the work, but I want to make sure that I get people placed in the right places. And even in that, I'm okay if I assess that an employer with a DNI professional just want to check a box, I'm probably not going to work with them because what I'm not going to do is set up potential candidates in roles 
that they could be tapped down and experience the mental health challenges that I experienced over the past year, because Mm -hmm. that was really real for me. And, you know, I didn't know the impact it could have, but now knowing I, I do not want that. I want people to take the charge on and be in the healthiest environment. And so that's why it's been my sweet spot that I'm passionate about the industry and the roles, but also that I'm passionate in making sure that people get in the right fit where they're happy. And then, of course, how to find the client needs so I can be paid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny when um, when I made the decision to to leave and start my own business, my worst thing, like what's the worst thing that could happen would be that. I fail and I go back to a corporate job. And that wasn't even a bad thing, really. I've had a pretty successful career for 20 years. So I think sometimes we we overemphasize what can go wrong and the fear that we have and and especially women. Especially women. Especially women. Yeah. It's just it's 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 an innate thing that we do, unfortunately. But this was one time that I was like, I've done it by everybody else's rules and I've had some poor supervisors in my career um, mm-hmm. to the point that I'm going home crying or frustrated or with anxiety. And I'm just like, no, I just want my joy back. I want to be happy. And this is why I was like, again, and I actually had the same thought. I was like, well, if I don't do this hardcore, I might as well go back to a corporate role. So let yeah. me go ahead and bet on me. So that yeah. was kind of my attitude going into it. And then I just kind of went guns blazing. And yeah. um, I, and I almost forgot the network of people that I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I actually know a lot of people in various senior role leadership, you know, whatever. And I'm like, let's do this. And it gives me a place that I can still get back into the places that I'm passionate about. But at the same time, remove me from the stress that I actually can enjoy my life. Yeah. And I don't think you can underestimate how um, satisfying, heartwarming, purpose-driven it is to find someone their next step in their role, uh, in their career. But also, you know, work is really important. It gives us meaning. And so to provide that for people is, is super cool, super cool. And you've got your first job already. Which I'm like, yes. you, you've been at this three or four weeks. You've got two two roles that you're placing. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's an MD and a, and a ter- um, nurse practitioner role. And they're Brilliant. telehealth. So if you know anybody that is in this field that is interested in remote and have multi-state li- licensure, when you hear this podcast, please set up my website. Yeah. Well, from there, tell us about how people can find you. Um, my website is www.devinmichellerecruiting.com. And after I bought the domain, I realized I probably should have just put dmr.com. But hey, <laughs> we're here out in these streets. But um, you can find me on the website um, and I'll share my email address and everything with you. There is an Instagram, but I don't want to focus too much on social media. But as I want social media to be a place of education for people yeah. um, of all the things of these spaces that I have a passion about, you know, whether it's leadership, because I think a lot of times even in supervisors getting new roles a lot of times people are promoted into new roles based on their expertise from their previous roles but the people management is different yeah and there's nobody help them cross the bridge I want to be able to offer that support I want to be able to build I have a lot of ideas that are coming that I want to be able to provide things which I'll find out in the future if Lisa invites me back she still likes me but (laughs) I want to be able to close the gap 
in the deficit in development. I want to be able to close the gap in representation. I want to be able to just, I want to fulfill my purpose. And I feel like I can do it more effectively here as a recruiter and a consultant versus being in a role um, because DNI just became cool, what, three, four years ago. So nobody yeah. really understands the whole DNI mechanism. I mean, there are some companies doing it great. Don't get me wrong. There are some amazing companies doing it really well that I'm like, OMG. But um, everybody's not there. And with that being said, I want to help them get there if they want to really get there. Yeah, I love that. And you're pretty active on LinkedIn as well. I guess people find I you. I am. Yeah. Yes, people can find me on LinkedIn. I forgot what my, um, what is it called? The UR, Not the URL, the not the hashtag. I feel so <laughs> uncool because I can't remember <laughs> my handle name. There it is. My handle. handle. I, can't I think it's I'll Devin it in and Tarika on there. To put it in the thing for the people. I'll put um, it in the show notes for the buy. people. And then it will also, my um, page is on there as well for Devin and Michelle recruiting that's on there as well. Brilliant. I'm going to go check out your website because that's cool. I think you should. I will. I think it's kind of dope. I will. <laughs> well, um, final question. What are you optimistic about now? What are you looking forward to in the future? Personally or professionally? Uh, both. Give us both. I am looking forward to enjoying my life. Sometimes working in corporate world, you work so many hours that you're like, oh, I missed the game. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward and being optimistic about being in those valuable moments with my children. Yeah. Um, professionally, I'm looking forward to being unfiltered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the I best. am really, because... You know, when you speak and I and I've spoke I've I've spoken at different conferences or whatever over the series of my careers, but you have to always keep in the back of your mind, you represent the organization. If they don't agree with that, whatever, you gotta a hush. But I wanna be able to be my true authentic self, share truly how I feel about various topics, you know, even share some of my experience on how to overcome some things or what this feels like for a minority or a person or a woman, whatever the case may be. Mm. Those are the things I'm optimistic about is that it's by my rules. Yeah. Yeah. And that bit's the best, the absolute best. That yeah. Over everything. I do want to give you some bad news about running your own business though and, and having time for things. <laughs> I am working all the hours <laughs> and I had in my head, not only do I often work really long days and work into the night and then um, in my head, I always block out Fridays because okay. I want that day to be, usually I'm exhausted by Fridays. I'm, I want to plan stuff. I might want to do some deep thinking on something. And, you know, just as an example, tomorrow I've got a coffee meeting with someone, <laughs> um, doing, I've got a meeting to test some technology for some programs for next week. Um, I've got another meeting with some people. <laughs> I'm like, I'm completely failing at that. You know, I thought I could manage my time and everything would be better. <laughs> and I work on the weekends. <laughs> well, and I, and one of the things I'm doing, and I don't know if I'm cutting my money resources off potentially, but I don't know. But um, last year was a really rough mental health year for me. Um, yeah. And, and because of that, I have created boundaries in my life. I too will not be working on Fridays unless it's like a fire emergency. Like it has to be ridiculous, right? But uh -huh. I'm willing to give myself Monday through Thursday and do all the things I need to do. But even in that, I give myself grace because what I recognize is if I'm not good, 
what the quality of work that I produce is not going to be good and no one's going to be satisfied. And so I don't know if I'm like, you know, hey, may not be able to make more income. But right now, God has really blessed me in regards to the resources, the income that I've been able to make based on my circumstance. I was a whole single mom in college, yo, and I am not a statistic. And with that, I'm just like, money's not everything. It's like, it's great and you can probably do more, but I haven't even had time to do more because I'm at working <laughs> all the time. So it's, I'm really just taking the charge of creating boundaries in my life with the business. And I'm at the place that if um, something does become overwhelming that I feel like I'm stretching myself too thin, I will, I'm not afraid to hire somebody. Just not. Because <laughs> what I'm not going to do is have my own business in a place that gives me most freedom and peace. Yeah. And be stressed out more than I was in corporate America. That's what we're not doing in this season or next season. Yeah. So I'm going to come back to you in six months. I'm going to see how that one's going. <laughs> and also, I just hired. You're going to hold me accountable. <laughs> I will. You did? You hired someone? I have an intern Woo-hoo! starting um, actually today on the day that we're recording. Um, I have I've hired a co-working space. I'm so professional and we're going to go and meet and I'm going to get her started Ooh. on some of my work. Yeah. You got me clutching my invisible pearls over here. <laughs> yes. You better do it, Lisa. Yes. I love it. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited for you. And actually I, I have to admit you with a dog called diversity and culture ministry actually were very pivotal in me, even considering stepping out full time. Uh-huh. And so I just want to say that I appreciate you because there's pe- sometimes that you're, people are looking at you and you have no idea and you're yeah. inspiring someone and you're encouraging someone. So I just want to say thank you because by, by you be seeing you step out in faith, I was like, yo, I got this. Like I'm dope. You've I got charisma. I, got, I can make a tree talk. Like I got this. <laughs> you so do. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast again. It's always so delightful to speak with you i will never tell you no sis i'm just never like we're sisters (laughs) from another like i would never we are (laughs) at the culture ministry we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion and how progress is often slow you might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion or you might be on your way the culture ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress Go to www.thecultureministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learnt something, please share with your friends on social media. Give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. This makes it easier for others to find A Dog Called Diversity. Diversity.